Welcome to today's show. I'm here sitting here on the board with a very interesting person, Matteo Spasso from Italy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Can you tell us about yourself? Yes, I'm an Italian dentist. I'm working in Milan at the University of Milan, where in one of the three university clinics of my university, I'm the head of a quite a strange department. I mean, it's a wide department making mainly prosthodontics, digital dentistry, but The big part of my soul there is dedicated to the MI treatment. It means minimum intervention treatment. It means uh, from the early lesion on the teeth till biggest problem of, uh, for those patients uh, with subsidiary problems like uh, elderly people or people taking drugs or people with something more difficult to treat in the mouth. Okay. We just had a talk before we started the recording and you told me something interesting that when you started working you had a lot of materials who were just really temporary materials needed something to solve problems with bleeding gums, deep carriers. Uh, what kind of materials were these temporary materials? Yeah, in, at that time, it means um, close to 20 years ago, uh, the temporary material that I considered for my restoration was a glacionomer. And this material was not a, a young material. It was, I, I believe it was created in the 70s, but then it has been transformed just in a few parts. And it remains a whitish, but not so strong material for many years. So this material was something that was considered by dentists, not only by me, just for temporary filling, when the conditions were not so good for a composite, for example, for a bleeding gum, or for a deep caries, or just performing an endodontic treatment in a, in a big cavity when you had to create a sealed cavities. But my experience was quite bad, I'm sincere, because they were not lasting so much. So not lasting meaning that it even didn't even survive one year or two years or you're crossing your thumbs that it's two years? <laughs> uh, yes, my, my, personal, uh, my personal experience is that those materials were breaking somewhere partially or totally even before a few months. Ah, okay. So when did that change? Uh, when did you find uh, materials who suited more your needs? Well... Like in many things in dentistry, uh, I believe that they change before I change my mind. <laughs> And I will explain this story to you because in 2007, I still remember that moment. One man came to, to my clinic, to my university clinic, offering me a green box of glacionomer. He knows and uh, he knew at that time that I was one of the few Italian dentists using glacionomer very often in, in his uh, private practice. And he told me, please, Matteo, consider this not as unusual glacionomer cement, but a long-lasting uh, material, so a restorative system. It was made by a glacionomer and a covering liquid that uh, still remain right now. I'm sincere, as I told you before, that I told that man, I don't trust you. <laughs> And since he was so convinced uh, about his ideas, I told him, okay, no problem. I will build clinical study around this material, demonstrating you that it will not work. And this clinical trial I did uh, over glacionomers involving more than 360 restoration made in different kind of cavity. It means uh, going back to 
black uh, classification, class 5, 1 and 2, those are where more or less the indication and are uh, up, up to now the indication for that materials. I included more than 360 restoration and I observed them every six months at the beginning and then every year. Uh, we had actually the follow-up reaching 10 years oh. on the first material, on the first restorative system that was called Equia, the first Equia restorative system. What was surprising me was that results we obtained in several classes, like class one, were close to 100% of success at one year, at two year, at three year. A little less for class two, but because of... Uh, just one uh, short question between. Yeah. Did the classic uh, glass in Umea didn't last even in class one fillings? They lasted even in the past more than other classes, but there are many defects, both in colors or in material itself, that are classified normally or used like parameters okay. uh, to uh, judge uh, a restoration-like failure. Ah, okay. So in the edges especially on in the uh, in a partial lateral side especially in the edge in between the enamel and uh, the glassinomer mm. we often even in class one we often observed a lot of cracks uh, breakdowns or a total loss of restoration oh, interesting but you didn't see that uh, in this first equia uh, we observed something that uh, I'm joking a lot now. I'm sad to have lost this bet with that man. <laughs> <laughs> but he was right. It lasted. It was very, very successful material in my hands. But another very nice story is that the, I obtained those results. Of course, manufacturer wanted me to claim those results. But, you know, I was quite shy because in dentistry, everything uh, that claims to be successful 100% up to being, being a clinical dentist. It's something that cannot happen. But after one year, two years, first of all from Germany, but then even from Turkey, from Australia, now they have plenty of clinical trial. They had absolutely the same result, 100% successful in the first year and second three. We have actually clinical trials from uh, Turkish universities, for example, claiming at six and seven years success rate of 100%. So I was a little bit shy, but probably I had to be more courageous. <laughs> <laughs> so so everybody understands, for example, the young dentist who might listen to it, that uh, this was really a game changer than before. Yeah. Okay, interesting. There's an interesting thing that even Equia now got even better lately what uh, changed for you with the change of as aquia product uh, did uh, you also expand your indications clinically or are they still the same for you where from mine and also other colleagues clinical trial we basically discovered that those material the, those restorative system were uh, a little bit weak in some uh, performances uh, for example class fives or what the cl those classes where you had a few number of cusps or even when the um, empty box or the cavity was quite big, we observe a little bit more failures or marginal cracks or breakdowns. Uh, we started to think that flexural forces, especially for class 5, were more important for the failures. 
And so we asked and we start thinking that some uh, new material able to face to flexural forces to be basically, this is the clinician idea, more similar to natural dentin was a better choice for us. And we are dentists anyway, and we are not uh, chemists, uh, but now we know that chemistry can help us a lot mm. because this material arrived and... Uh, Uh, hybrid material is now the the answer for glassinomer for l long-term glassinomer i believe interesting and now even like the shade adaptation with the hd even improved a bit mm, we also talked about a bit about aesthetic dentistry and the thing yeah i mean you probably no one on facebook will show a very nice case <laughs> with an uh, aesthetic aquila filling but compared to your experiences uh, uh, did it really change so much is it really like uh, a small milestone for dentistry well giving this kind of restorative system is for sure a milestone for dentistry because up to me there is no a modern dentist in the world that can make the right job without um, bioactive and biomimetic material like a glassinomer. Then I'm also a big lover of composite. I'm using them a lot. I still consider them like the publication and science is considering them like the gold standard for aesthetic restoration. Glassinomer are actually a little more aesthetic than in the past, but for sure they cannot reach the composite. Mm -hmm. But The multiple shade and the knowledge in the material you are using make the story easier because you can also match the color of the teeth. But, of course, as for any composite, any restorative material, you have to know your product. So yeah. at the beginning, probably, you are just choosing the shade of your glassinomen, but without knowing it, maybe you make some mistakes. But like composite, then you will adapt your, your job. Basically, they are not aesthetic as composite, but we are choosing glassinomer because of their function, their protection, and then just for a few of them, even for aesthetic treatments. So you can merge an aesthetic, an aesthetic aspect, but mainly they are powerful tool for dentistry. Actually, I also ha already had a podcast with uh, Mr. Dorf Heide. Uh -huh. uh, you pr probably know him for yeah. sure. <laughs> And uh, he uh, told me something interesting uh, that I didn't know before, that matrixing is much more important in, in aquia fillings when they're initially fought. So what your thoughts about matrixing and what you would rather cl uh, recommend the clinician in terms of matrixing and aquia fillings? Well, It, Mr. Dufad introduced this uh, technical part that is something that really, uh, I believe, dentists can feel like something clinical. Matrixing is exactly what I told before, uh, the answer to the request of having something more resistant or more flexible, more like uh, the natural dentist. And clinically speaking, this is what dentists can feel and observe and patient can also appreciate, make those products to last more. Matrixing is the answer to, clinical, to a clinical request because glassinomer technology is always the same. But inside, there is a different, a different uh, material and different technology that make 
probably the material to overpass limits that cannot be overpassed, just being a carcinoma. So m- probably is right. Uh, mattressing is uh, the answer. Clinically speaking, maybe it's not something that the dentist can appreciate in a chemical way. Okay. But they can absolutely appreciate in a clinical way. Being a clinician, I'm just sharing this because I know what are all the limitations, all the problems, and all the bad ideas also. Still now in Italy, especially, it's a very hard country, dentists have upon glacionomers. For them, the idea is that uh, coming from the 80s, the glacionomers are still provisional, mm. but they didn't try. Italy is also a um, different country when it comes to uh, public health care and dentistry, but it's not included in the public mm. health care system. Almost at all. Yeah. So um, usually when uh, I see countries uh, who are having uh, no really a public health care or something, that the trend is rather to go to something very basic or to something very high end. Uh, and there's no really thing in the middle. But actually, Acquia could be something <laughs> like in the middle. <laughs> so yeah. I can believe it's really hard for the Italian market uh, to introduce this uh, material, although the scientific data is there. Yeah, that's right. But uh, you should consider even this one, at least for our countries and for other countries where aesthetic is very high. At the university, not so far uh, away, at I believe 15 years, 10 years, there was any... Uh, lecture, any course, including glacionoma restoration. 100% was composite restoration. Sometimes amalgams, but just to teach to the students how, mm. to, how to shape, you know, because it was a basic and costless uh, material for them, even for universities. Now glacionomers came, came up and their the transla- they, they're use in the, in the university also increased. But basically there are a lot of dentists... Uh, that grew up in the university without knowing that material. So everything that is happening now is something that is coming just in the last, uh, from 2007, when I started uh, the debate with my with my friend. <laughs> but because the product arrived that time in Italy. Uh, but yes, absolutely, this material is not a basic material, even if many dentists con- still consider this material. It is a... Mid mid uh, lever material. Some of them uh, with the matrices even more, much more. But if the dentist will start to consider, even in countries where aesthetics is hundred percent important, those material because of their function, being sure that is the aesthetics not so bad, and knowing it more and more, the aesthetic will also increase, because you know you can increase also your knowledge in the results you can obtain. For sure, this material is. Not properly in the middle, but is going more closer to. Uh, it's going closer to the to the aesthetic ones. Okay, I mean, right now in Germany we have the kind of problem that amalgam was basically banned from the German market. It's not really banned. We uh, still have allowed to use it in certain indications. I think uh, GC is one of the less companies who are actually thinking about an amalgam alternatives whereas uh, other companies just focus on the composite resins actually there's no excuse anymore to not use no <laughs> no even even p- politicians discussing about us and there is more or less disagreement that in the, in the 2026 amalgam should be banned in europe 
personally, my last amalgam has been made in 1999. <laughs> so Actually, I know where my last amalgam was made. It was 2009. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I was doing a small internship on the Cook Islands and... In the posterior, actually, it was a great material for this um, um, uh, moist environment <laughs> because it was so hot. <laughs> yeah, there is this this also this common ideas uh, for all uh, dentists or, or even patient that uh, we can observe amalgams lasting in the mouth of the patient for thirty years, mm. but no composite or no glassinomer. But Well, at the time, uh, an amalgam, 30 years old amalgam at least has been placed. The composite were not the composite we have now. Yeah. So, and neither, obviously, glassinomer. Yeah, that's usually the one misconception, but always we only, only see the successful amalgams. We never see yeah. the failed amalgams. Yeah, right. It's also the typical peace of mind or some, when sometimes I also see old dentistry. I used to work in office where the dentist uh, has been there for 20 years. So I can see, uh, also see some old old uh, gold-based prosthetics which really high technical precision work but I only, of course I only see the successful ones the yeah. unsuccessful ones we don't really tend to see uh, as an endodontist I'll try to get some recall rates for some cases and when I and I really realized how hard it is to get good recall rates which are <laughs> in the area of let's say 50 percent yeah you're working in the university and your recall rates are probably very important as well yeah. and sometimes i don't really know how you guys manage to get something like 70 percent recall rate yeah yeah that's that's right but um, i believe they can it, it's mandatory at this moment to to get the success in restorative dentistry to make also recalls and to ensure the right treatment to the right patient. I mean, composites, I told before, they are the most aesthetic ones, but not really, believe me, not all the patients deserve this material because they are not able to protect my, my job in the mouth and protect, of course, themselves from uh, secondary carriers or other problems. So this, the, the answer should be modulated very well. Hmm. But... Seriously, I mean, in high need cases, I think the recall rate is even much uh, harder to obtain yeah. because in elderly patients you have a high natural dropout rate. Let's yeah. say it this way. <laughs> uh, and when the drug abuse cases, it's probably also very hard to get a recall. So if you have even 10 year data, <laughs> it's yeah. quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's the 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 ability there is what we always. Uh, at the beginning, we have uh, we had 360 restoration. Now that 10 years, we are 140 and something. So mm. we are just closing up the recall now. We lost a lot, of course, but uh, because of many reasons you told mm. before. But it's interesting even to to consider what we what you told about the elderly. That mm. is uh, one big field in our in our daily practice because we start considering their treatment not just when they are at that age with the problems, but before. This uh, tendency in dentistry is very important now, and we are like a, a leading lighthouse uh, in my university for this because we, we got ideas. We're not maybe so regional because uh, of many countries doing more or less the same thing. Maybe we are original in the next, uh, in next ideas, but just starting considering for certain treatment patients that are not already elderly or old when they have problems 
when they have no ability to go back to the dentist, no assistant, whatever can, can, can occur to, to an elderly. Sometimes it's quite hard to say to a 55 man, years old man that he should start considering that he is entering in the next age. But uh, obviously the explanation is not you're old. Mm. But you should consider then in within 15 or 20 years problems of that age are this, this and this. And if you prepare yourself, maybe placing different material, maybe using different toothpastes or remineralizing agents, changing some habits like in diet will absolutely make the patient able to preserve the dentition for the future. So it's not to say you're old. It's just to say you're ready for a remineralizing process, you're ready for a different ter therapy, or you're ready for a glacionomer. <laughs> That's a good closing <laughs> sentence, actually. So thanks a lot for the talk. I really like the stories here. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs>